Welcome to We've Got Issues, Girl. We're a weekly podcast for women who are curious about politics. My name is Carrie. And my name is Sky. And today we are joined by three history-making city council women from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Angie Jenkins, Shanette Strickland, and Meredith Lawson Rowe. <gasps> Thanks for joining us, y'all. Welcome. Thank you for Thanks for, Thank you for having us. Yeah. I'm so pumped about this. Can you start by just telling us a little bit about Reynoldsburg? Reynoldsburg is a small city outside of Columbus. Um, the population is about, um, I'd say, 40,000. We're maybe up to 40. Um, we've changed over the course of time. I moved here 20 years ago and the population um, is more diverse. We have um, an African, a large African-American population and we now have um, a large population from the Bhutanese Nepali. And we also have um, someone from the Bhutanese community who was on city council with us as well. So the population has changed. Um, we are glad to be a part of city council and represent our community that now looks like us. So. Um, we're very proud to be on city council and um, have people to look up to us and be able to communicate with us and be heard and have their voices known in Reynoldsburg. Um, you, um, Meredith and Shanet, you can add a little bit about um, the community as well. It's outside of Columbus, right? Yes. Okay. We're more east, uh, going towards Wheeling, West Virginia. We're off of 70. I'm going more towards east side. Yeah, so um, once again, my name is Shawnette Strickland. Um, thank you for allowing us to be here to tell our story. So I really appreciate that. Um, as President um, Jenkins alluded to, we are probably about 35, a little over 35,000 here in Reynoldsburg. And, um, the population has changed tremendously over the last few years. And I can't wait to get everyone involved with the census and want them to get everything oh. back from there. And I'm sure our numbers would change. Uh, approximately, we had about 63% of white and then about 26% um, African-American. And then we have, as um, Angie stated, a huge uh, Bhutanese community. Um, there are probably a little over 5,000 of the Bhutanese family that lives here in Reynoldsburg. Um, we have been really working at the helm um, ever since our election, and mm -hmm. we are just excited to be here. Reynoldsburg is really made up of uh, four different wards, and that includes the Franklin County, Licking County, and also Fairfield County. And oh, wow. um, yeah, so we have three different counties here. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it, so, but it gives us a, um, insight on the different counties and um, being able to network and talk to people mm. and get to know who our true neighbors are. And so, um, as I stated before, just to have this opportunity is tremendous and we are excited to be here. Awesome. So uh, one, thing I, go ahead. Oh, one thing I'd like to chime in on um, regarding Reynoldsburg is our school system. Um, our schools are what has drawn a lot of people here to our community. Mm. Um, we have um, like a grassroots level um, type of school environment, if you will. So we have one high school, but four different academies. And so that 
was very um, strategically put together to keep the community together. So um, our school system is very strong and one of the, of the leaders in the state. And that is one of the pillars that makes everyone flock to a suburban community um, to Columbus because schools are great. It's, it's not too big and it's not too small. It's right off of 70. So we're in just the perfect spot. Cool. So you, the three of you ran last year and won in November. So this is your first year of your first term. But to back up before that, how did, how did you get involved in politics? How, what, like what, how did this all start, I guess? Um, I would say that, that um, I'm new to politics, but I've worked for the state of Ohio for approximately 15 years before I retired in December of 2018. So I'm familiar with politics within the state government. Um, but as far as being a politician, this is new. Um, mm -hmm. I was asked to run by Christian Bryan, who is currently on city council. And she came to me and said, I think this would be good for you. And you, she gave me some opportunities that I could select from as far as what I wanted to run for, if I wanted to run in Turo Township or if I wanted to run for president. And I just said, um, this wasn't something I planned to do. Um, let me think about it. And so I kept telling her several times I needed to think about it. And <laughs> she kept asking me and I kept saying, I have to think about it. And one evening she said, um, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going out to dinner with friends. And she said, where? And I said, Vic's Pizza. And she said, well, I have your petitions. Um, I need you to sign them. Um, oh. I'll meet you there. And my husband said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, no, I keep telling her, I don't know. But <laughs> she kept calling and asking me and I kept saying, I don't know. So she met me there and I signed them. And, you know, she kept saying, um, I think you'd be good at this. And I kept saying, I didn't really think I wanted to do anything like this. This was not part of my retirement plan. So sure. <laughs> uh, we had to sign, and I still said, I still need to think about this. So I kept thinking about it and she kept calling. And then she told me that we all were going to meet up at Franklin County to turn in the petitions on a particular day. I don't remember the date. And I said, uh, okay. And I still wasn't sure. I had one foot in, one foot out still, um, not knowing the particulars about running and being a, being politically correct and just being a politician and what all that entailed and what she told me was just a little part of what it is you need to do. And I don't think she wanted to scare me away, but um, what it sounded simple, but after getting started, it really isn't as simple as you would think, but it's a lot of work and it's a big commitment and it's very challenging to challenge yourself to be a part of that process. But that's how I got started was with Christian Bryan asking me several times to run. Wow. And what about, what about you, um, Meredith? Um, well, my story is kind of similar to Angie's. Uh, I am not a politician. I'm a mom. I, I like to say that I'm my husband's bride and I I'm my kid's mom and Simona Carter's Gigi. You met Simona Carter. Um, so I've, I'm the person that actually works behind the scenes to make us look good. And so I've always worked in the community and I've always served. 
and I've helped on campaigns. And then there was one campaign that I had taken a, um, a significant leadership role, but again, in the background. And so um, Kristen Bryant, who's councilwoman at large at city council also asked me to run. And I said, oh no, not me, I'll help whoever um, you get to do that. <laughs> and so they had just begun working on me and even had my husband and, I, and I'm like, oh no. And so I finally said, okay, well, I'll do it. And I shared with my husband and my family that if I do this, this is gonna be a big commitment and I'm gonna need you guys to support me 100%. Um, in terms of the, the, the title, uh, politician. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm new to politics, but I'm not new to serving. I've always served, and I think that helped to kind of turn that negative Nelly off in my mind that I couldn't do it, that I didn't have the education, I didn't have the experience. It was basically, um, in a nutshell, we all are already doing the work. When I got out there and started knocking doors and, and meeting my neighbors, um, there's their signatures on well, my uh, petition, I just fell in love with the opportunity to be able to represent uh, my neighbors and to, sh you know, share the pride that I have within my community. Awesome. Cool. And how about you, Shanette? Are you a politician? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my journey started off a little bit um, different. Um, 2016, 2017, I was, I had already started helping other people get elected um, into their office. And as many, as Meredith stated and Angie stated before, we have always worked in our community. And someone asked me to be their campaign manager. And I said, wait a minute now, I come from an IT background. I don't know anything about being a politician and knowing that role. However, she um, thought that I could do the job. And so I said, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And help my friend um, to win her um, political seat. Uh, we came up a little short, but the fact is, you know, as women, we always try to put on that, I can't do this, I can't do that. However, if you just take that step and believe in yourself because someone else believed in you, you can make it happen. And so I started the, uh, my journey in 2016, 2017. And when um, the president, 45, um, was, in, you know, that's in office, and I just didn't agree with um, what was going on in Washington, D.C. But most importantly, I wanted to know how can I impact my community right now where I live at today? Mm. And attending city council, I noticed there was no one that represent what I represent. Yeah, And I wanted to have that opportunity to give back to my community because that's, as we said it before, that's what we always do. I'm team mom, I on the, sit on the uh, football parent association board. So I did all those things. And now it's about you being a, from a ca uh, campaign manager to a candidate and then ultimately to an elected official. And it was all because I was volunteering on someone else's campaign to do what it took for, for them to be elected and also making sure people understand we are here for you and we represent you. That is awesome. It's so inspiring to hear. I feel like you said it exactly, Shanette, that we as women just continuously tell ourselves we're not qualified for these things. We talk about this a lot on the podcast. Like, 
what is it going to take for you to finally believe in yourself and say, I can do this. I'm already doing most of this work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys all know each other bef like before you ran or how did that like team come about? We met through football primarily. Um, our children um, knew each other um, and played football together. Um, so we knew of each each other before we actually met each other but our kids have played football and that's why we call ourselves a football mom because our kids have played football <laughs> together um my son is older than their two who just graduated in 2020 my son graduated a year before but when they were younger they all still played together so they know each other and so that's how we met was through football that's how i met them through football i'm not sure if it's the same but i believe we all I uh, had that connection through um, Reynoldsburg football initially. And maybe before that, there was another team before the kids actually started playing in school that um, they played when they were much younger, like peewee football. Um, so we've been football moms for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, so actually, yeah, I, so um, Meredith and I, I believe she's my big sister. Um, our kids, our youngs who just graduated class of 2020, um, they've been knowing each other from like the second grade. Oh, and wow. we, they had that bond already. And I remember going up to a Meredith door, knocking on her door, looking for my son. And <laughs> I think ever since then, our relationship has all, you know, just bloomed over time, over the years. And mm -hmm. as Angie stated, that was the core. We were always involved with football. And that's why we call ourselves the football mom, the women of Reynoldsburg, um, because it was always that foundation. What brought us together was the, having to do with community and, and our children. And we really try to stay true to that um, when we out in our community, because that's the foundation. That's how all this started, right? Yeah. Because we were already working in our community. I'd like to add, um, aside from being football moms, I have a daughter that is the same age as Angie's son. And I didn't know until we happened to be talking how tangled our web is because my daughter actually is friends with her boys and at certain times actually helped tutor those boys. Oh, right. so they were, um, you know, brothers and Nandi, if you will. So um, we it. are really closer than we actually even know as we begin talking and sharing and building. So our, our roots actually run deep in the community. And to Shanette's point is because we're so deep in the community and our kids know one another, it, back to my point of Reynoldsburg schools, and, and that's the pillar of our community. Yeah. Our kids are what brought us together. And so we're grateful for that. Yeah, that's so neat. And so you ran kind of as a slate, right? Like you ran together and, and did campaigning together, right? Yes, we did. Um, as a matter of fact, there was others that campaigned with us, the mayor, the city attorney, Turrell Town, we had a large group, even school board, um, we had a large group that worked together and it worked out tremendously that we were able to join together, knock on doors together. I was able to go knock, you know, because I was running at large also, I was able to, you know, knock on doors with them and different, at different times. And it was a good thing because we could call each other and say, 
what are you doing tonight? What time are you getting off? What time are you getting yeah. home? And we, what, what are you doing Saturday? What are you doing Sunday? And so we all work together on different days, going out with each other, knocking on doors. And if I couldn't go, Shawnette and Meredith had my literature when they would go knock on someone else's door. So we all worked together and it worked out really well. Um, we were very fortunate to have such a large group that at any moment or any day you had someone to go with. And if yeah. you didn't go or couldn't go for that particular day, someone took your literature with them. So yeah. someone was always representing you, even if you weren't there. So it worked out really well that we had such a large group that was able to work together. Yeah. And, I, like and a I, dream team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I will also add, um, in those moments when you are by yourself or felt like you were by yourself, you were tired. You were exhausted mm -hmm. because you already had been knocking on doors. And we were there as the women of Roseburg to encourage one another. We were, we are lucky and blessed to have one another there and bounce ideas from. Because mm -hmm. some people that's running on the slate may not have had that opportunity. But I tell people all the time it's because, yes, we had a slate, but we ran within a slate of mm -hmm. African-American women because we understood that it, it was, it's harder um, to be an elected in that time and really try to make some true changes when you're talking about being an African-American woman trying to get elected in the city of Reynoldsburg and, and possibly having the opportunity to make history. Mm -hmm. And that to me is still mind boggling <laughs> But it was just because we had one another to bounce ideas off, off of, to encourage one another, say, keep going, you got this. And that's yeah. what we did as, a, as the women of Reynoldsburg. And can I just be completely honest? Yeah. In terms of our, the us, a team within a team, because we had an extraordinary slate. I don't think anywhere you'll find a slate as strong as our slate. And the uh, voters spoke and you see that our slate won. But in terms of these two women right here in these boxes next to me, they keep me accountable. Yeah. So there's times when I got off work and I said, oh, it's raining. And Angie said, well, it's not raining over here. Come on. <laughs> or Angie and I would go and knock doors and then I would um, be discouraged because of some bad news or, or you know, for whatever reason. So I'm discouraged. Yeah. Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah. And so I was able to reciprocate that with her. Yeah. There would be times when Shawnette would call me, uh, even today, what is our schedule? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I didn't write it down. <laughs> and so we keep one another accountable. And then there's times when I felt like this is way over my head, I can't do this. And Shawnette would say, no, no is what we're going to do just slow down don't get in your head and so that is what um helped me and i think helps most people man woman black or white if you have a core group that have seen you at your best and seen you at your worst and, and are able to pick you up and encourage you dust yourself off and say okay it's all right it's, let's go so yeah, yeah. yes within a team we're family we're sisters there's times we get upset with one another but nobody could ever come in and talk about That's right. yeah. to us. 
I love it. When I, love I ran that. last year, Sky was my campaign manager. And we, so we, Sky and I have been friends for 10 years now. We've been involved in a lot of different campaigns, helping to get other people elected. But when I ran, I knew I needed her to be my campaign manager, not just because of her expertise as a campaign manager, but I needed her just to motivate her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Be the person's like, she also is the only person in the world that I know of that loves knocking on doors. Like this girl <laughs> loves knocking on doors so much. So those moments of during the campaign where you're like, Oh my God, I cannot knock on one more door. I'm so tired. I just want to go to target and not knock on any doors tonight. This guy's like, let's go. Come on. Let's go knock on more doors. So you need that on the campaign though. And so it's, it's really great that you guys had each other because it is really necessary to have somebody just kind of govern you along sometimes because it does get very, Sky, Sky, I want to knock doors with you for Biden. Let's meet halfway. I'm in. You should. Let's do this. I'll come to Reynoldsburg. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's road trip. Yeah. Yes. So what did you, what did the three of you do to prepare to run for office? Uh, I think a lot of women expect that you need to have some sort of training or school or um, it can be very intimidating to even get started. So what, when you made the decision to run, what did you do to prepare? Um, I, I personally end up doing some training. As I stated before, I kind of started a little earlier in Angie and Meredith. So some of the Main Street training, Lead Ohio, I went to some of the training that was provided. And also I did um, a lot of my research on my own. And I want women to realize that if you have a heart to, to provide for the community, to be that voice, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, you want to have someone with knowledge, right? You have to do your research. You have to be able to get up and speak to someone or be able to know what's your win number. You know, those things that you can find out along the way, but to be a really good candidate it does sometimes take someone who has been experienced, you know, find a mentor to help you along the way. Someone that's saying, you know, you that can able to encourage you. Um, but at times, it, to me, the only thing that it really takes to have that mind and say, I'm going to do this. And when I say do this, that means doing whatever it takes along the way. Meaning I may need to get some, um, a little more training or I need to look at someone regarding um, doing public speaking. So doing whatever it takes, once you make up your mind that you want to move forward with this decision, but don't let, I don't got this, I don't got that to be the reason why someone do not run for a position. Because if I can do it, I believe anyone can do it. Awesome. Yes, I agree. Um, we weren't experienced as far as running. Um, personally in a campaign. Um, I looked to the others who were already on council, like Kristen Bryant, she was able to give us a lot of guidance on what to do and what to do when, and some would give us some ideas on what things cost. So as you were mm. preparing to run, you had some ideas on what you needed, but then you also had to prepare for someone who would ask you to come speak. And we spoke numerous times at numerous events. We even spoke with our uh, opponents. So there was a lot of times we were nervous and we got through it and you get better as you go along. You 
you think you know who you are, but then when someone asks you to tell them who you are and you have to speak about who you are, you have to write those things down too in order to remember exactly what you want to say and how you want to come across and why you're running. You have to be able to tell people why you want to run, why you want to be on city council, why you want to represent your your residents on city council. So there's things that you prepare for, but as Seanette said, if we can do it, anyone can do it. And it's just nice to have someone to be able to bounce things off of. And going to a lot of events, I think we learned a lot from going to a lot of events in Franklin County. And I went, I live in Lincoln County, so I did go to a few in Lincoln County as well. But you get to know other people who are in positions and you learn from talking to them and they will also tell you anything you need to know. They'll answer any of your questions. And just like if anyone has any questions, they can email us, call us. We're very um, accessible. Anyone can ask us anything and we are more than willing to help anyone who's interested in running as a candidate. Thank you. Awesome. How about you, Meredith? I think they've pretty much covered it um, in terms of the training. Um, networking and relationship building is very important as well. And that's what I hold really dear to my heart. And, mm. and once you are armed with the information, it, it's up to us, up to you, the, the individual that's you know, the task of, of running for office, is to figure out how you, um, you know, make it your own. So you can have all the training in the world, but until you internalize it and, and make it your own and, and put your own spin on it, it, it's just a bunch of words on paper. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I have tried to do along with the training is, is to research and to read. And then I, I like to study people and I like, you know, those that I want to emulate or those that I think are great leaders, and even not so great leaders. You, yeah. you take away the best of what they have that is similar to you, and then you also see examples of how you don't want to lead. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just being yourself, um, being your authentic self. We all want to you know, put on airs, but at the end of the day, people just want to know that you're real, that you care, that you that they're not invisible and that mm -hmm. you hear them. Yeah. So powerful. I hear you. Oh man. And it's so I'm so it's so fun to hear that you guys have each other and you can lean on each other and um that's really lucky. That's it's rare. Yes, we are blessed. Really cool. So what are you guys see as some of the biggest challenges you're facing right now in your in your work? COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That has changed things a lot for everyone. Um, working yeah. from home and having Zoom meetings, things that we've never done before. Um, that, I think, was one of our biggest challenges, whether to meet or not meet, or we were going to go back into the council chambers in July, and then we changed it to mm -hmm. continuing on Zoom. I think that was something that we all had to learn to adjust our lives differently as far as working around that. Um, just being new, we've been in now for almost seven months and we've learned a lot. Um, I think Black Lives Matter and protesting, that was something new um, that we had to work around and learn about and decide on which 
avenue to take as far as joining in and protesting in Reynoldsburg and just trying to make things a peaceful protest, but still wanted to be involved. So those were the two things that were different that we didn't plan for. Yeah. Um, and then from that, it turned into um, hiring a new police chief oh. and trying to decide if we were going to hire a deputy chief, chief also, and police reform. I think that's the hot topic right now for everyone is yeah. police reform and how we're going to go about doing that and how to have diversity training and other training that may be necessary for our police force. I think those are the hot topics. We have many others that we have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have also that we're working with um, and some other legislation that has been brought about from um, my two other um, council women who have brought about a lot of changes. Um, they can talk about the things that they brought about recently um, and also with COVID, with wearing a mask, but we also have some other new um, legislation that they have brought on to the council chamber floors and um, successfully brought about and was approved. Cool. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. So I just want to share one of the biggest challenges in terms of uh, what Madam President said is the pandemic is, you know, trying to weigh business as usual and socially distancing. Uh, we were sworn in at the end of December, took office officially January 1, and one of the first pieces of legislation that we had to review and discuss was city code. And the code had not been touched probably for, what, since the 60s or the 50s. Oh, wow. Um, 1968. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the, the code, the city code had not been changed for 50 years, and that was one of our first jobs. So you can imagine how sexy of a piece of le legislation right. that was, and how much Just feedback. Dig right into the dirty details. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeez. So, so uh, the challenge is, you know, we were new, we hit the ground running, we're drinking from a fire hose, and then bam, the world we're in a pandemic we're on um sheltering in place oh, our world is different than we know it but we have to continue business as usual if you will how does one do that we're learning as we go so um having COVID, the pandemic uh, business as usual and trying to work through your new normal and then there is economic crisis and then the racial disparity and so the pandemic has basically pulled back the curtain for all of the inequalities throughout the world and then drill down our nation our state and, and our city so those challenges that uh, we're working through nobody in our seats have ever had to work through things such as this yeah. so it's it's encouraging but it's it's sometimes frightful uh, and mm -hmm. you hope that you're making the right decision um, and we just have to do the best we can with what we have so yeah um it, it's, it's really something it's exciting it's challenging it's scary it's difficult 
it's liberating, it's learning, all of that enrolled in one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, from a, I guess from a legislation piece is, you know, on July the 13th, we end up mandating the um, mass ordinance in our city. And again, a lot of people don't want us to mandate anything, right? Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for us. But I believe that with this council, we, we know that we can't just talk about economy without really protecting our residents, our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And we need to have that understanding. And I tell people, love me enough to protect me because I'm loving you enough to protect you. Sure. And it's not about us as individuals that, yes, we want our economy of that but we got to take the steps to get there. So that was really an important legislation when you say, Meredith, that we had to um, get through to let our, our, our community know, our neighbors know that we are fighting for you, we hear you. And even those yeah. that were maybe against having the mask, we still listened, we still heard you, we read every email. And it was one of those things that as a council, we had to do what's best for our city for our economy and for our residents to know, let them know that this is a path along with everything else, but to get us where we need to be, you know, uh, moving forward. So that was a tough legislation to, to get yeah. through with so many people, um, you know, for and against it. Um, I, I know another let, go ahead, I'm sorry, Meredith. Oh, I just, since we're on that subject, I just wanted to share that this pandemic, I, I shared as pull back the curtain, it mm -hmm. has engaged more people than ever before because our meetings are, are posted live. Mm -hmm. And so there's been times we've had how many people on uh, any given time? Probably a hundred. And, and that's I want to say, I want to say it's been over a hundred, especially okay. this piece. We had several emails. Our clerk read emails from people. Plus, um, we had some live um, comments. And that was the first hour of the meeting. And I'm like, golly gee whiz. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to any of the business. We're still in the community comments. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a good thing that this yeah. pandemic really forced our community to be engaged and we totally love it because we can't represent you unless we know what what is your passion and, and totally. what you value we want to make sure we want to we bring that same passion and and that same um that fire and energy mm -hmm. even if we're in boxes yeah right <laughs> I love that. So what's some of the other legislation y'all have gotten passed or are working on? Uh, I most recently um, passed the vacant legislation here in Reynoldsburg. Um, there were many home, empty homes that had sat for years in our community and also commercial property that no one had did anything about. And so that was one of the promises that I made um, when running um, this past year to make sure that people understood how important it was to clean up our vacant homes and commercial properties here. So we end up passing that legislation and we are on our way because if you know the people invest in their property, 
And mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that our community is is up to, to part where it needs to be. And if we're looking for new businesses to come to Reynoldsburg, then we need to make sure that those businesses understand that we are serious about keeping our, our property value up and also inviting new businesses for new opportunities here in Reynoldsburg. So that ended up passing here um, most recently. Uh, a couple other resolutions that we thought was really important to us was um, introducing the racism is a public health crisis. Mm. To make sure people understood again, as COVID-19 has pulled back a lot of sheets of cover that was covered up for so long yeah. and saying, this is, a, this is an issue. Yeah. Minorities at every level, education, mm -hmm. having to do with um, education, poverty having to do with the wealth every level the minorities are suffering and it's time to have those true conversations yes. and i tell people all the time that doing a resolution just not good enough what are mm -hmm. those steps that you're going to do afterwards so what yeah. we did we end up sending that resolution down to the the uh, state house for the senate republicans and democrats and also on the uh, state representative side to let people know we are serious about what we're doing here in Reynoldsburg. So what are we gonna do next? Well, we need to do create a uh, women business and enterprise, women business enterprise yeah. and also minority business enterprise. The city have to be able responsible to make sure that we're just not gonna say this, we're gonna create opportunities, create cool. opportunities for people. So again, taking it to the next level, um, Mary, do you want to talk a little bit about the Crown Act? Yes. Um, so something else that we were fortunate enough to pass, and it was unanimous, and we are just so proud that it was unanimous that the anti-discrimination ordinance was passed, and that protects all protected classes. And uh, the bonus to that is the Crown Act, and that is protecting um, those people of color um, from wearing natural hairstyles. So it could be uh, like natural hair, straight hair, cornrows, locks, uh, twists, flat twists, braids. So uh, this country, let's see, there's the, the Crown Act anniversary just passed early in July, the very first anniversary. Mm -hmm was um, initially passed in California. Okay. And it's because um, those of us in our community, those people of color, black people, um, we have been um, sort of painted into a box that our hair must be, uh, you know, Eurocentric in order to be professional. And I've actually um, fallen into that category. Um, I've been so blessed to work in places that accept me as my authentic self. But um, even in larger dominant culture, we seem to think that we need to assimilate in order to look professional. Well, what does that mean? I, I mean, as long as I'm you know, neat and clean, I'm professional. And so we are just protecting individuals uh, because there have been so many horror stories of a, a, a woman being asked to change her hair in order to work in a certain environment or for a young man to cut his locks in order to participate in sports. So again, you know, bravo, bravo, that we were able to get that passed unanimously. Um, and then also within that anti-discrimination um, 
we are just so excited because this has been an ordinance that was two years in the making from when we're sitting in the audience of city council from two years ago and um there were previous members that said that they didn't think that racism existed in Reynoldsburg and there was no need to worry about um, voting on that. So the act didn't even get out of committee in order to be voted upon. So to uh, Councilwoman Strickland's point, that was a promise that we ran on as a, a slate that we would work to um, enact an ordinance to protect all the protected classes. Uh, and then something else that I'd like to share that we were able to um, introduce the mayor with our support um, and our encouragement, introduce the proclamation recognizing Juneteenth as um, a city, as a city, it wasn't a holiday, but nonetheless, Reynoldsburg recognized Juneteenth. Yeah. And on top of that, we actually got to have a Juneteenth celebration on the steps of City Hall. And that was so dear to all of our hearts because if anybody knows our American history, City Hall has not been very kind to people of color um, in terms of, uh, of voting. And so you have um, a diverse slate that embraces our American history and celebrates our culture and Juneteenth just um, warm my heart tremendously if you just can't feel yeah I can feel that energy through the screen it's so, yes. Yes. so I was so thrilled that we were I love it. to do this as a team for Reynoldsburg. Yeah. It's also so awesome because you three are the first African-American females to serve on city council in Reynoldsburg and so I don't know. It just it's very it's very powerful. It's very moving um, to see that really, work that you guys are really doing, cool. and actually work that's representative of your community too, right? I feel like um, you know you you've already touched on that. Uh, Reynolds does have a pretty large African American population, and um, sometimes I'm like, I cannot believe it's 2020, and we're just now getting <laughs> African American leadership in places where we need it the most, right? So. Um, that's 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 really great well, legislation. You know, Carrie, not too long ago, I have a friend that's close in age to me. She graduated high school in the 80s. Mm -hmm. She's originally from Columbus. She went to Walnut Ridge and she said she remembers a time when she was in high school and um, whenever she would hang out with her friends, her dad told her she'd come up Livingston but could not cross over Bryce Road. Um, and it was just an unspoken rule that Reynoldsburg was a sundown, sundown town. And if you don't know what that means, that means if you're black, don't get caught out here. Yeah. Really? I've never heard that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just as recent as the 80s. I mean, wow. that's just amazing. Yeah. Wow. And there's, there's, there's much history here in Reynoldsburg, yeah. even having to do with the African-American and how... Um, people were hung here in Reynoldsburg. And so there's there's a lot of history that again, a lot of time had been swept up under the carpet and no one wants to really have those true conversations because I believe when you start having those true conversations, 
people will be able to open up a little bit more about what's going on and how we can deal with things and how we can actually move forward because that should be our goal right like if we have these these honest honest conversations we can actually make some decisions some true decisions on how to move this country forward how to move our entire community forward because that's what it's going to take it's going to take everyone yeah yes and well, and I feel like that is exactly why we need more women, and especially women of color, in elected office. Yeah. Um, to have that representation to make these laws and put that policy in place that represents, truly represents our entire population. Yeah. Um, and I think it also does often start at a local level. Like, so many absolutely. times I hear people say like, oh, this should be something that, you know, U.S. Congress and Senate deals with, but I... Isn't it like this? I know this wasn't a question on our list, but don't you think it's more powerful coming from a local level? Like, I always try to tell people like politics starts local. Like it starts in your own backyard first. You can't wait for the president or Congress to fix something for you. Like we can, we can start right now here in our own communities. Right, exactly. A quick example. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, um, go ahead. A quick example. What, happens in city council in terms of taxes and legislation which is our kitchen table far sooner than anything touches our table from the state level or the the national level yeah and so um someone asked me being on council being a woman being a black woman do you think that you're held to a different esteem or do you think that your neighbors um, um, want more out of you than what they would their state legislator or their senator? And I, I think that we're all held, we should all be held to the same um, standard, number one. But because you're gonna see me in the supermarket or see me walking in my neighborhood or see me at the football game, you're gonna ask me that question. And I'm still compelled to make sure that I am able to respond to your question, respond to you in writing or the next time I see you and you're holding me accountable because you see me, you touch me. You don't get oh, to right. see, you know, our state legislators and our um, Congress women and men and our senators as often as you get to see me. So yes, all politics is local. We yeah. just have to figure out where we can um, get the most bang for our buck, but it's influence too. What we do on the, the local level will help to influence what they're doing in the state house. Just as Councilwoman Strickland shared, you know, the resolutions that we pass, we don't do it just for kicks and giggles. We, we sure. pass those resolutions so that the our state legislators know this is who, who you're representing. This is what we care about and what you should help to push through. Absolutely. There was another example that recently when we decided that we were going to mandate masks and the day that we scheduled to talk about it, that evening the governor decided to mandate it for certain counties. And that's just another example of taking control of what you can do for your community and not waiting on the governor to make a decision because he may have never made a decision or would have delayed it even further when we have the, the capabilities of doing something here locally without waiting for the governor to do something for all of Ohio or just for, and he, actually when he did, he did it for Franklin County 
but he didn't do it for the other part of Reynoldsburg, which is Lincoln County or Fairfield. So there was just a piece of Reynoldsburg that he said that the mandate was for. So for Reynoldsburg Council, we're able to do something locally for our residents instead of waiting for state government to, to do that for us. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. So what advice would you give to a yeah. woman who wants to either get involved in politics or might be thinking about running for office? What, where would you tell her to start? I will tell her to get involved with her community. More so that we have like the Reynoldsburg Area Democrats. Mm -hmm. We started, the, I started there. Yeah. I started helping other people get elected. I was writing um, postcards. I was knocking on doors. I was helping someone else get elected. So you want to start that process, start now. This, mm -hmm. you know, this coming November is a huge election. There are many candidates that's gonna need our help due to the pandemic. We're not doing the door-to-door -door knocking. Make phone calls for those individuals. Get a feel of what it means to be a candidate. You know, volunteer your time to help someone else. And as uh, Councilwoman Lawson-Rose stated, try to mimic some of the, the things that you see other candidates that's, um, that's doing really well you know, who's running for office, but the time starts now. Getting involved mm -hmm. now on uh, what things matter to you, what changes you want to see. So along with the training and everything, volunteer your time. That mm -hmm. is how we can start with change, making sure that we get the right people in the seats who matters most, who matters about what I care about in, in my community and what's going on. And so my advice, start now, start doing your research, volunteer and help people get a good people get elected to their seats. What part, sorry, just a little sidetrack. What mm -hmm. part of the training that you did, did you feel like were most valuable to you? I mean, oh, I feel like I it probably that? depends on the skill set and individuals, but like, did you really appreciate learning how to make a fundraising call or like what kind of training was most valuable? I would love to take that one. So, um, Lead Ohio, I'm, uh, you know, I'm an open book. I probably tell you too much. So I went in with my eyes wide shut. I was like, oh no, I don't want to go to the training. And so I missed the first training for whatever reason. So the second training, uh, Seanette and I went together and um, we were talking that morning. I was like, oh, I really don't want to go. She was like, well, it's good. You, you, you'll learn it. You'll meet a lot of people. And I'm like, I don't want to go. So I get there. And so I'm like all in my head. I see all these people um, thinking you know, they're so much smarter than me. They um, know all of this that I don't know. And it was awesome to be in a room full of people in training that were at the same level, if you will, as me, because they were mostly first time candidates, um, had backgrounds in, in some didn't, but the one training that I hold dear to my heart is writing a campaign plan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more a visual person and a visual learner, learner, and so that campaign plan helped me to get the ball that I had all over in my head and put it onto paper in terms of, you know, what's my goal? 
How am I going to reach my goal? How much money do I have to raise? Why do I have to raise this money? What am I going to buy with this money? How am I going to um, get an endorsement? Why do I want the endorsement? I mean, just having that plan and being able to put it on paper, organize my thoughts, and, and knowing what a win number is. I didn't know what a win number is, and why is that important? <laughs> and so having those types of details, so when it came time for all of those endorsement packets, I was able, I, I had, you know, a foundation, a point of reference. Um, so a campaign plan was huge to me because it helped to organize my thoughts. And it was a big, big, hairy goal when I saw it. And I sat down with my campaign manager and I said, listen here, I'm gonna need you to sit down with me and we're gonna go through this page by page. And we went through it page by page. And, um, and uh, Councilwoman Kristen Bryant is a very laid back, calm, cool, elected type of person and you can tell i'm high energy and i'm like help me do it and so we were like going through it and i was like oh this isn't that bad oh yeah i could do this. yeah i told you thank you so much of a more like reachable reality absolutely so that that came, campaign plan helped me to organize how i needed to run my campaign and so cool. of course it wasn't perfect that's one thing we as women, we want everything to be perfect, buttoned up. We want to have all the I's dotted. We want to have all the T's crossed. Mm -hmm. And we 97.2% ready to say, I'll try. When our male counterparts might say, oh, I, can, I know 20, 35% of that. I can do it. Yeah. So yep. We have to tell ourselves and, and encourage other women that we can do this. House leader Amelia Sykes says you have to ask women seven times. <laughs> seven times. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? I think I was asked probably, what, 15? What about you, Ann? <laughs> it was probably 20. You probably asked me more than that because I kept saying, I have to think about it. I don't know how many times I said that. Um, the one training that... I believe someone just gave you petitions. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Ohio Democrat Party, um, they also had um, some main training called Main Street Initiative Training that I um, attended, and it also was some of the same training that the other Ohio League mm -hmm. had as well. Um, I recommend training, 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 um, and also what Chanette said as far as volunteering, because I volunteered and helped with Christian Bryan when she ran, and I also... Uh, um, did work with the um, Obama campaign when he was running and we had house parties and we did fun things like that. So I think that helps you to get energized when you're volunteering and you're not on the hot seat if you're not, you know, running yourself. But if you're volunteering, you're more energized and energetic. And I think you learn a lot from the person that's running. And I learned a lot from Christian Bryan. I didn't do any door knocking. I just was not ready to do that. That was a little intense for me but once we started doing it together as a group i didn't mind so much but in in thinking about that that was a struggle for me and fundraising was a struggle for me but um you do learn a lot from other people when you're helping them with their campaign and i highly yeah. recommend that because you learn an awful lot and you're not on the hot seat at that moment 
Right. Yeah. One other thing that I, along with the campaign plan and everything, um, I come from my IT background, so I'm very analytical. And for me, it was like really trying to understand what the previous year's numbers were, who won, how was, you know, how much money did they raise? So I'm trying to do, make a benchmark for myself mm -hmm. and exceed. And so for me, it was really trying to go out, you know, making sure that I understood what that win number was and how much money I needed to um, look at. Because I believe um, when you're looking at a previous, the previous year, it almost tells a story. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost kind of helps you. And your, my mind helps me to understand, okay, these are how many votes I need. This is how much money I need to raise. So yeah. learning that aspect and really what those numbers meant um, yeah. to help me in my campaign, that's to me from a historical uh, perspective, understanding that the numbers, the analytical side of things, because I think for me, that set a strategic mm -hmm. um, set up for me that platform on how best I was able to run my campaign. It yeah. tells a story there. Yeah. And you can do that anywhere, I think probably across the country, you can look up all of that data as public record. So you can look at your local board of elections websites, you can look at, you know, uh, campaign finance filings to see what your, you know, predecessors had to do and what it's going to take. And putting that reality in your head is helpful to sort of yeah. think about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how listeners follow you guys you guys are so exciting i'm going to be faithful friends with all of you <laughs> but can you tell our, our listeners about how to get in touch and how to follow what you're doing well the main yeah. way to get in touch with oh. all of us is on our city council um, page where we have our bios we have our emails our phone numbers that's the main place where anyone can reach any of us on city council and then we all have a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We did have a campaign page. I'm not sure if anyone's using that or switched it, you know, once we um, were elected. I don't use my campaign page anymore, but I did have, a, we all did have a separate Facebook page for our campaign when we were running, but um, I don't have a separate page. I just have my normal Facebook page, but primarily um, anyone can reach us through the clerk of courts. Um, she gets many emails that she forwards to our regular email for us but that's primarily um the way that i communicate with people um i'm not sure if anyone else has any other additional pages yeah yeah so anyone that would love to reach out to me have a conversation can reach me um, by my cell phone number 929-430-6802 also i am on facebook uh, shawnette for reynoldsburg and also I tweet or do Twitter, whatever they call it, um, Strickland or Strick, Strickland for us, F, Strickland F-O-R-U-S for us. Um, so I am um, this uh, president Jenkins stated before, of course, anyone can contact us by our uh, directly going to the Reynoldsburg City Council website and we should be able to get in contact with, through that way too. Cool. Yes, so um, piggybacking on whatever Madam President said and Councilwoman Strickland, um, my political Facebook page is uh, Lawson Row for Reynoldsburg. So that's Lawson Row, no hyphen, the number four, 
uh, Reynoldsburg, Lawson Road for Reynoldsburg. My personal page is wide open and it's my name, Meredith Lawson Rowe. I'm on Instagram at, at Mary underscore Ruth. My Twitter is M Lawson Rowe. We have like been doing our hashtags for the past year or, or longer. And so if you want to just quickly find us, um, hashtag women of Reynoldsburg, hashtag football moms. Those yeah. are two hashtags that we use a lot. And so that will take you directly to, to any of us. Yeah, cool. that's how I was able to find um, information about you. I just Googled hashtag women of Reynoldsburg and a bunch of Columbus Dispatch <laughs> articles came up. So I was like, oh, cool. So before we leave, will each one of you give our listeners a call to action? Who wants to start? <laughs> okay, so my, my call to action would be... Um, Number one, make sure that you challenge someone to come out to vote. Um, it's important mm -hmm. that this year we get everyone who is 17 uh, registered to vote, who's about to turn, who'll be 18 before the November election. Um, it's really important that we do that. Um, again, you vote how you want to, but the most important thing is to vote. Um, this coming election, it's so important to make sure that your voice is being heard and vote down the ballot. Don't stop. Vote down the ballot. Yeah. Thank you. She took mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that lets you know how important it is. Yeah. yeah. Vote, vote, vote. Vote down the ballot. Do yeah. your research. Um, if I can uh, just be clear years ago before I was really involved and engaged, I um, would not vote for judicial races because in Ohio, the judicial races do not have an R or a D behind it. So we all know if a no vote means you're voting for the wrong person. So do your research because we need to make sure that we have the right judges in the right courtrooms for the right for for the right reason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Know that there's a racial disparity here in many of our major metropolitan cities, and so if we don't have the right judge in that seat, we don't know if that person is really having his or her right justice. Mm -hmm. Vote down the ballot, do your research, and know who those those judicial candidates are. Definitely. Well, I was going to talk about voting, but I'm going to start with something else, a little different. Um, my call to action would be to do and complete the 2020 census. Um, to do that, go to www.2020census.gov. Um, Reynoldsburg, the last I heard, we were probably a little over 70% um, completed. So um, I am encouraging everyone to complete the 2020 census. Um, it only takes, I don't know, five minutes if that. Yeah. It doesn't take very long, it's very simple, it's very easy to do. And if you do that, then you won't have people calling, you won't have people knocking on your door, trying to get that information. Yeah. Um, the other um, ask that I have is that another way to get involved, I uh, 
um, have been a poll worker, except for when I was a candidate. And they are looking for poll workers. Um, anyone can do it if you're over 18. You just, you, you sign up for the county in which you live in. So I live in Licking County and I've been a poll worker for Licking County. They pay you for the training. They pay you on the day that you work. And sometimes they pay you for the day before because if you're helping to set up the um, equipment. But get involved, be a poll worker. It's very important and it's very, I always have fun. It's, I do it with the same people every year. We bring donuts and you get a lunch break, you come back and you learn a lot and you see your neighbors and you get to know the people that live in your community. So that is something that um, was publicized on the news the other day that they were looking yeah. for poll workers. So you just call the Ohio Board of Elections or you can call Franklin County Board of Elections or Licking County, wherever you live, call the Board of Elections and you can um, become a poll worker. And then with that also, you can vote absentee. You don't have to wait until November. You can vote absentee. My mother has already requested her ballot. So you can vote absentee and get that done and out the way and don't you don't have to worry about COVID or going face-to-face -face no. or them changing the date or changing yeah. that we're not doing it face-to-face. -face. We don't know what it's going to look like come November. So you can request an absentee ballot and you can get that done and out of the way and you don't have to worry about waiting until November. So that is the two that I would like to see, or actually that was three. So the census, be a poll worker and vote early. Awesome. I feel so energized. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been just really cool to talk to you, the three of you. Um, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it as well, because I, I learned a lot from all of you. And this is, yeah. this is really cool to see. Congratulations on your win and your, your first year of your first term. Also, this is, we're excited to see, see what you guys do down in Reynoldsburg. So yeah. to close it out, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. We'll be back next Tuesday for a brand new episode of We've Got Issues, Girl. Uh, don't forget to like, rate, and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Uh, our music today is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and this has been a Girls Girls Media production. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. So thanks. Thanks.